This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today is a great day. Our, our youth are leading us in worship. It is Student Sunday, and I think you will find this a marvelous Sunday just because they're doing it. Yay, right? But also, you will discover that these are spiritually grounded kids, and they will be leading you in worship. So I invite you to not just enjoy the fact that our youth are leading us in worship, but to be led by them in worship and let your spirit uh, open and, and go with how the spirit might be prompting you because of their words. I'm proud of what they've done. And John, we thank you for uh, giving leadership for it. May God's uh, blessing be upon us all. Let us center ourselves and uh, begin our worship. Sing to the Lord a glad new song. Joyfully praise Him. Please stand as we join in our call to worship. Come, let us celebrate the goodness of God. God has blessed us with God's great love. Let us come to this time. Letting go of our worries. Let us come to this time, praising God. Come, now is the time to worship.
Jackson and I will be leading you in our time of prayer. I invite you to open your bulletin and see the Student Sunday Litany, which Jackson will begin with us in our time of prayer. Good morning. Good morning. Today on this United Methodist Student Day, we honor the dreams planted in the hearts of those who feel called to pursue further education and live out their faith by continuing to grow deeper in knowledge that will help them use the gifts that God created within them to change the world. Grant them confidence, confidence to, pursue to pursue these dreams. Today we remember those students who are away from home, some for the first time. We lift up those living away from home, from family, and from the community of faith. We pray they find new places to be loved, new places to be nurtured, and new places to challenge them to press further on the path of following Jesus. Grant them the courage to press on. Today, we lift up the ministry that happens on college campuses. We pray for these ministries that offer faith at a time in life when it can sometimes be set aside, that offer hope in times that can feel very alone, and that offer love in moments that home seems far away. We pray, O oh God, that these ministries may be a beacon of your love and hope. Today, we consider those who have a dream of furthering their education and not a way to pursue it. We recognize these closed doors that exist for some of our brothers and sisters. We rejoice that together our gifts can open some of those doors. We pray, we pray O oh God, that we may be generous in our gifts and prayers. Today, on this United Methodist Student Day, we offer prayers for our students. We pray for perseverance in their studies, for confidence in their gifts and vocation, and for the experience of joy in learning. Bless their efforts as they unify faith and knowledge to make our world a better one. We pray, we pray O oh God, for our students. Indeed, we do pray, O oh Lord, and we ask your blessings upon them. For those students across the country that uh, the church supports and helps to encourage forward in their lives and those students who are part of our faith family. We ask your prayers of nurture, your prayers of encouragement, your prayers of discernment that they may know how to follow you in the best of ways that they may blossom fully into who you would have them be. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of the people who are suffering oppression and violence, we hear daily, we hear daily reports of people lifting up arm or weapon against one another. And we know, Lord God, that this is not how you would have your children be. And so we pray for ourselves, we pray for your people around this globe that we might find our way to peace with justice and respect of one another, to learn how to live as brothers and sisters. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we thank you, Lord God, that in our community we were able to be a part of a sign of the new kingdom as we gathered Wednesday. People of faith in different faith traditions from different communities of faith here in our larger community gathering to offer thanks for life, for love, for relationships with one another, for linking arms and serving the people in need in the community together. We are grateful that we have found ways to go beyond barriers, 
and to be of goodwill with one another for the betterment of our community. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray all of this, Lord God, in your holy name, joining together now as disciples of Christ Jesus in the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from Colossians 3, 15-17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our second reading is from Revelation 1, 4-8. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first one of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priest serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, two things before I begin. This is technically, um, my, I can talk loud, Walt. <laughs> this is technically um, my first solo in church, even though I've been going here for 13 years. I've only ever sang solos with um, the church choir before in like the little kid musicals. And um, this is one of my mom's favorite songs, which is um, why I chose it. Mm -hmm. 
applause. That was amazing. It's beautiful. Just takes us right into the presence of God, that song. Um, I, want you, I want to invite you uh, in this moment to step into your imagination just for a second and picture yourself inside a beautiful throne room. Do you got that in your head now? Get the picture, the mental image? In this royal room, you see a throne shimmering in bright and vivid colors. And there's a council of white-robed figures surrounding the, the throne with golden crowns on their heads. And there are flashes of lightning and rumblings of thunder 
coming from the throne with flaming torches on all sides of the throne. This sight is both delightful, I think, but also startling, right? This is the description that we get of God's throne in Revelation chapter 4. And it's the throne room where the book of Revelation begins, announcing Jesus, the ruler of the kings of the earth. When I read this, the way that I see it, it's sort of a way to announce something different happening. A new type of king is being throned. It sort of startles you and sort of resets you and makes you wonder and ask you, makes you ask yourself, who is this king? Today is Christ the King Sunday. And these next few moments you'll hear from me, from Edder Poots and Jack Rogers. Our sermon collectively asks three simple questions. Who is this king? Where can we find this king that Jesus rules? This kingdom that Jesus rules? And how does he rule? So who, where, and how? I want to begin with a who question. Who is this king? We don't commonly refer to Jesus as King Jesus, but throughout the liturgical year, we reflect on Jesus' right to rule. For example, at the beginning of Advent, which is next Sunday, we celebrate the appearance of the newborn king in a manger, whom the magi and the shepherds come and seek out to worship. And on Palm Sunday, Later on in the year, we look to the peaceful king riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. During the, um, later, uh, later on, on Good Friday, we reflect on the crucified king, the one some call the king of the Jews. And then three days later, we marvel at the risen king. So it seems only fitting that Today, on the last Sunday of the church year, Christ the King Sunday, we ask one final time, who is, this, who is this Jesus that we call King? Who is this Jesus that we've come to know over this last church year and come to worship and come to seek out? Most of history is like the game of King of the Hill. Are you familiar with the game of King of the Hill? Yeah, some, some of you guys played it when you were younger, and uh, it's the game where everyone's trying to scramble up the top of some type of hill or uh, mountain or structure, and there's one person that's trying to stay at the top, pushing people down if he has to, gently putting their heel upon their face if he has to. <laughs> and... In a way, it seems sometimes that everyone wants to be king, you know? Like the game of King of the Hill, in the world, there's so many people that we're saying are king. This person is king. This person is the leader. This person is the top, right? And we as Christians, we come to this moment in time to say, wait one moment. There is one true king that we worship. Well, you know, they say that 
the Burger King is allegedly the king of the burger. <laughs> allegedly. They say that B.B. King was the king of the blues and that Elvis Presley was the king of rock and roll. Michael Jackson, the king of pop. There's at least two sports teams in California um, that, uh, we, that are called the kings, of course. And uh, right between the 9 and the 10.30 service, Brenda reminded me that in New York, if you're a hockey fan, there is a king of the New York. Uh, and I cannot remember his name, Heinrich Lusenberger, does that sound right? <laughs> I'm not a hockey fan, I apologize. It, can you correct me? Henrik Lundqvist. There we go, Henrik Lundqvist. Yes, any hockey fans here? No, oh, a few, a few. Um, speaking of sports, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, reading an article about uh, LeBron James. Are we all familiar with LeBron James, the, one, of the, one of the leading players on the Cavaliers, Cleveland? His fans call him King James. And he helped Cleveland two weeks ago defeat the Knicks in a comeback victory, 104 to 101. And in a post-game interview, one of these Knicks players, who was clearly sad and depressed about losing, made a snide remark about LeBron James saying, I don't care what you call yourself, king, queen, princess, whatever you are, you know what, you, you know what? we're going to fight um, and nobody out there is going to punk us. So trying to maybe regain some dignity. And LeBron later responded, I'm the king, my wife is the queen, and my daughter is the princess. So we, all all, so we got all three covered. Um, you know, and to drive the point home, he, he, uh, later on in Instagram, he posted a photo of himself standing on top of the Knicks logo on the court in, in Madison Square Gardens with a caption that read, King of New York. As this, you know, this is already clearly enough drama, but then a Brooklyn-born rapper known by the name of Jay-Z, some of you may have heard of him, decided that his friend LeBron James had gone too far. So in a concert in Cleveland, LeBron's stomping grounds, he jokingly announced to the crowd, hey, I'm the king of Cleveland now. And he told fans to start snapping photos of the king of Cleveland. And, you know, it's in this sort of, I use that illustration to say that it could be easy to claim yourself as king. It can be easy to say, just utter those words, or to say, hey, this person over here is king, you know, or say this person over there is king, and there's a lot of people vying for the spotlight, right? But on Christ the King Sunday, we consider another king, one that we call the true king, the one who is, has the right to be king. And it's easy to think that perhaps Jesus could have become king in a simple way of just seizing the thrones. And he did attract crowds from time to time. And he might have used a chance maybe to win over supporters and start a, a long campaign of, talk, of taking what he believed to be his by whatever means necessary. But this, of course, is not what we honor 
on Christ the King Sunday. On this day, we honor the one true king who is worthy of the title, not because of crushing victories on the battlefield or because an overinflated sense of confidence or because he's extremely charismatic and everyone just really likes to hear him speak, but because of radically different reasons. We serve a king who accepted death so that we could have life. We serve a king who became a, sel a selfless lamb so that we could have freedom and forgiveness. Jesus is God's sovereign king. From the beginning, Jesus was appointed by God to establish a new kingdom on earth. And you heard Waltz uh, mention that during his prayer, ushering in a new kingdom. All of Jesus' life, even his suffering and death, led up to the moment of being seated at God's right hand in order to rule as a good and just king, as a world has never known, a good and just king that we need. Do you think you could get behind that king? And where, as I hand it over to Edder, I ask this question, where do you see Jesus' rule taking effect in the world around you? Good morning. Good morning. Today I get to talk about where we can find God's kingdom. <clears throat> so, for many it's been hard to understand where we can find God. As for me, when I grew up, I always asked my mom, where, is, where, where can I find God? Or what does God look like? Because we don't really see him face to face. But as I grew up, I learned that God is everywhere. And most importantly, he's in our hearts. Thinking about today's reading from Colossians, it is clear that we find Christ the King close by. Our elected officials govern from a distance. Your boss calls the shots from an office down the hall. But Christ the King built his kingdom of peace in the personal space of our hearts. Wherever we are and wherever we go, God is there. It doesn't matter how far we are from home or if we're trying to hide from God, he'll always be there. <coughs> Psalm 139 verse 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? A comforting truth for all of us is that we can depend on our true king to fill us with hope and to help us see the kingdom of God taking root in the world around us. When we are tempted to walk away because it is too hard or too frustrating or too unclear to live for God, there is a king who assures you that there is a way, there, that there is a way forward even though it may seem hidden. Where you hit a wall and tragedy strikes, there is a king who assures you that, there, that all is not lost. And when you are on top of the world where life feels magical, there is a king who nudges you to open the door for others. I thank God for the opportun opportunity he has given me to volunteer at Westminster Free Clinic. It is a clinic where we help those in our community that don't have medical insurance and are in need of the treatment and care that you and I have. I have learned so much and grown so much from this experience, and it has shown me how God is among the weak and present with the wounded. He is close to the sick and frail, next to the disheartened, and not far from the people who are desperate for God's justice. One of the patients I took had a lasting impact on me. He had a full cataract in his left eye, and he needed surgery. Luckily, one of our staff uh, is an ophthalmologist, and she offered him her, uh, her free surgery of the month. It was a relief for him because he didn't have to pay anything. 
After the appointment was made and we finished his checkup on his eye, he turned around and told me, thank you very much, God bless you. So I did something that I wasn't so sure if I'm technically allowed to do, but I prayed for him. And I asked God to um, keep him in his prayers and to help him throughout the way before the surgery, during the surgery, and in recovery. A month later, I found him again at the clinic, and I asked him how the surgery went. And he told me that God has an had answered my prayers and that everything went well. It's moments like these that give me such joy to be able to help my community, as well as show how God has influenced me and others around, so everyone can know the power that he has in our lives. God's kingdom has to be discerned. Because God rules by speaking to the heart, the kingdom that Jesus often spoke about is not obvious or unmistakable. We find that Christ the King establishing his rule in some of the most unexpected places. At our youth work trip earlier this year, we met, a, we met a group of men on parole getting their community service hours by doing work projects at Camp Colby. Who knows Camp Colby? Yes? All right. I was inspired by them to talk about, um, I was inspired by them in the different ways that they said that God has given them a new meaning for their life. Jesus, the humble king seated on a donkey, had conquered and captured their hearts through his incredible love. So, Next time you talk about, uh, talk about um, God with someone, or even the person right next to you, make sure you tell them how you find God in your life. Because I know He, I know he is here with me, with the youth, and with all of you today. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so... My question was how Jesus rules over his kingdom, us. And I'm going to start off with saying what Christ the King Sunday means. So Christ the King Sunday is Jesus Christ, who is our one true ruler, who treats us all justly and reigns in our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, and he helps us through our daily lives. And so because my question was how, of course, my first step, obviously, was to Google it. <laughs> And, of course, I got some good results. So, firstly, I got that Christ rules through love. If you look around in today's time, you'll see a lot of rulers who have gotten into power by unjust means, using force and manipulation. And, for, and for example, we're currently going through times with, a country, with countries that are using weapons and high-grade military gear to scare people into obeying them. I'm not going to name names. Uh, but when it comes to Jesus, he rules peacefully, giving the people what they need, love and respect. In the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39, it states, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This means that through God's love, through Jesus, is helping us connect with him through worship and prayer, aiding him in being the kind and just ruler that we desperately need him to be. Next, he treats everybody as an equal, meaning that he would treat even the scummiest of people on the earth with respect. <laughs> Jesus attempted to, to unite our world, at least where he was rooted, and to worship him and treat everybody else as equals. Though, even in this time when we're at our most united, we're still separated within working class and the poor and the rich, and it's not what Jesus would have wanted. 
Jesus, he broke down barriers. If you think of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, if you remember him, he was hated by many people for stealing money from people who were with businesses, and a lot of people just all around hated the guy. But Jesus wasn't concerned with these things. He just saw a person who needed love and, and guidance. And throughout his years of life, Jesus, he always treated everyone the way that they should be treated, setting an example for the people of his time and ours. And finally, Christ rules through example. So Christ Jesus being our teacher uh, and being fair was really a way that sets him apart from any other of the rulers that we've ever had. He's constantly doing things that is helping us and teaching us how to be a good human being. And Jesus has always been a king that's a part of everyday lives. Even when he was born, he was born from common people, Mary and Joseph, and he was born in a manger where animals are supposed to be born. So at the very beginning of his life, he was slotted into the common people category. Though even though he was there, he was still the justest, the kindest, the best ruler we could ever ask for. And that's really setting a demonstration for all of us. So to finish, I really think that's what Christ the King Sunday really is. Respecting and worshiping Christ who is ruling in our hearts to everybody and with support and love. Thank you. All right. Uh, if you want to get that stuff. Okay, so here we go. Working through this. Um, <laughs> As we respond, uh, to use Rachel's words, um, from the ser to the sermon that we, we uh, heard from me and Edder and Jack, as we take that into consideration and move into our, our time of giving, um, we think about, you know, what, how we can, how Christ can rule in our hearts today, you know, what things that we can be doing right now to live out Jesus' vision for the kingdom. One of those ways, of course, is giving. And today, as uh, Student Sunday, um, each one of you has in your bulletins a small envelope for a special giving. Uh, we're setting up a video to sort of uh, demonstrate, uh, sort of talk about what the United Methodist Church at large is doing uh, about uh, doing what, what they're doing for our students. Uh, there's two things that the video shows. One, that our students are under a lot of debt from college and grad school, and some of you parents have taken on parent loans too, and so debt is a problem, um, and something to acknowledge on Student Sunday. But, the video goes on to show and talk about what our United Methodist Church is doing about that, how we're responding to that debt. And um, one of those ways is by uh, raising money for scholarships for college students and also seminarians and helping ease that burden for some people, which is, I think, a very amazing thing. So if you feel so inclined, there is an em there is a, uh, envelope in your bulletin. Student Sunday is a Sunday that is near and dear to my heart because if you're looking for an example of someone who received one of those scholarships, you're looking at one right here. Um, I, my debt would be so much greater if it were not for the scholarships that I received through offerings like the one that's being taken today. 
we have the opportunity to respond to our King Jesus who gives us such grace and such hope and such promise for how the world is supposed to be. We respond by offering our gifts and offerings to God as we receive the gift of music.
you for the height, depth, and breadth of your love that does not cease. Accept these gifts as a token of our gratitude and use them to take your love into the world so that those that do not already know that you reside in their hearts might have their hearts strangely warmed in ways that are open to you. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Let us remain standing as we join in our closing hymn, number 715. benediction and extra right. I'd like to invite the youth forward. And if you'd like to join hands, feel free. We're going to be um, blessing you with the UMYF benediction, which Will will be leading for us. So just uh, listen and receive this benediction. And please remain standing uh, for Jackson's uh, extra right. Thank you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere. You may go.
Thank you.